Saturday with Colm Mungon on RTE Radio 1. Hello again. Up to 100,000 mortgages have been bought by Vulture Funds since 2008. In itself, that was a matter of some controversy and a matter of concern and ongoing stress for mortgage holders affected. The Financial Services and Pensions Ombudsman is the independent body tasked with addressing complaints by members of the public in all matters to do with banking and financial affairs. But in recent days, it's emerged in the Dáil, in the Oireachtas Finance Committee and in reporting in the Irish Independent by Charlie Weston that due to a legal loophole, the Office of that ombudsman currently has no remit to deal with the complaints of possibly thousands of people whose mortgages were bought by vulture funds, but the legal title of which were transferred to debt servicing agencies. I've been speaking to the financial advisor, Porik Kassan, and he began by explaining how a mortgage or a loan can end up in the hands of one of these funds. The main play for um, acquiring the mortgages is... Uh, the main lenders selling essentially distressed loans or loans that are classified as non-performing. If the bank don't sell those out to credit servicing firms or credit firms, uh, the likes of what are um, collectively called vulture funds in Ireland, if they don't sell those and they're classified as non-performing loans, the main lenders then have to provision large banks of capital that is unusable against the potential of those becoming delinquent loans. So it's it's easier from a capital requirement position to sell the loans to the so-called vultures than actually retain them on the books. Now, I think it's in the region of about 100,000 mortgages have been sold off to these funds so far. What does it mean having your mortgage sold off? Can it be resold and how does it affect the debtor? Okay, so the debtor would, the, there has been a couple of things that have emanated from it. The owner of the loan may not ever be known to the customer. What they will be aware of is the credit servicing firm that are looking after the administration of the loan. In the main, the likes of Pepper, Start and Cerberus used to be there as well. They may not own the loan, but they might be um, uh, contracted to service the loan. So a lot of the time, and and the sale of the of these of these funds uh, column can happen one, three, four, five, six times, unknown to the original borrower. So the owner of the loan, and then and those owners will be the likes of Goldman Sachs. There's a whole series of them. Lone Star, Carval will be some of the main players that are in this area. And it's basically investors' money coming in and buying distressed assets and trying to eke a return out of based on what they paid for it and then versus what they can get for the loans. And have the terms and conditions from the point of view of the debtor changed as a result of that sale? Well, that's the big debate, Colm. The, 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 the assurance that was given at the Oireachtas Finance Committee umpteen times, indeed by the central bank, is the terms and conditions of your original loan go with you. So, for example, the credit servicing firms would not remove anybody from a tracker mortgage if they're on a tracker interest rate. But where the debate has become quite um, poignant with regard to what has happened with interest rates recently is a lot of the loans that were sold, predominantly take PTSB for an example, if they were in fixed rates, the credit servicing firms are not obligated to offer fixed rates or indeed any type of rate that would be an offer from the original hosting bank. Where that has presented challenges is all of these vulture fund mortgages are predominantly on interest rates that are variable. And some of those interest rates are 8%. And 
the difficulty is because you're with a vulture, you're essentially bank locked that you can't move to another provider because your performance history isn't subsequent. Now, there has been some movement in that. Bank of Ireland, for example, will take somebody from a vulture who has had a good payment record for two years, where it used to be five on, on, on a credit check. So they're starting to eke out the ground. But I believed, and I said before in a presentation I made to the Eroctus, that the terms and conditions of the loan when it moved stipulated that they were entitled to get a fixed rate mortgage. But to date, that hasn't been forced upon the credit firms. And if somebody is unhappy, if a debtor is unhappy with how their loan is being treated, what can they do about it? Well, this is what has blown up in the loophole. Uh, These credit servicing firms weren't regulated by the central bank until um, 2019, I think, was the first one, and most of them in 2020. So if you have a, a complaint against the credit firm that own your loan right now, nine times out of 10, up to 19, they weren't regulated, which actually means that you make a complaint in the normal course of events to True Pepper or whoever. The ombudsman, being the, the, the normal course of the follow-on for a complaint not being resolved directly with the provider, cannot see, hear, or, or investigate those complaints, which is a shocking state of affairs considering that the financial ombudsman, just to take it, is a financial and pension ombudsman, and the reason he was set up was to um, address complaints on behalf of consumers against their financial providers. So here's a financial provider that so it's a loophole in the law. It seems extraordinarily unfair that somebody, through no fault of their own, might be with a vulture fund, have a complaint against that fund and can't have anywhere or uh, no recourse other than maybe to the courts for that complaint. And do we know how many people are affected by this? Well, if you take that there's 100,000 accounts collectively with the credit firms, I mean, it isn't, it isn't I suppose, uh, too much of a reach to say there could potentially be 5 to 10% of complaints in the normal course of business. That would be a reasonable expectation levels to see. So if that followed through, then you're talking five to 10,000 potential complaints that may not be, that may have no option other than a court process, which as we know, most customers won't have the money or appetite for. And the ombudsman's office was there to, I suppose, simplify complaints process and formulate a complaints process against financial servicing firms or financial firms collectively. And here we have a loophole that has appeared in the system, which hopefully will be closed sooner rather than later. Now, in the words of the Finance Minister, Michael McGrath, he said that if a legislative amendment is necessary and is possible, it will be brought forward. Do you believe it is necessary? Well, I mean, if if there are people, genuine customers, Colin, who have a complaint to make about a credit credit firm of any sort, the ombudsman's office should be um, an avenue that they can bring their complaint to. I know the ombudsman is under a lot of pressure, but that isn't the reason to not allow these complaints. I mean, I would just go with the, the, the office of what it's called. It's called the Financial and Pensions Ombudsman. And now we're telling people that in Ireland, they may not be able to bring a complaint about a financial product. And that seems crazy. And if they were able, by a change in legislation, to bring their complaint to the Financial Services Ombudsman, what teeth does the Ombudsman have to be able to address that complaint? I mean, he has. He has extensive powers. And um, in, indeed, the courts in, in recent times have taken quite a grave view of lenders challenging Ombudsman's decisions because they feel that he's uniquely placed to deal with 
complaints. Whether the complaints are upheld on behalf of the customer of the bank is not the factor. The ombudsman has powers to look beyond, let's say, the four walls of a contract and make decisions that, let's say, mightn't easily be made on a point of law down in the courts. So he was given extensive powers, but in the putting in place of those powers, they may have indeed overlooked an element of financial transactions that weren't covered by the legislation, which should have been covered by the legislation, and that's the loophole that probably needs to be shut. And that's financial advisor <clears throat> Porik Hassan speaking to me earlier. Uh, Minister Hilgard Naughton, to you first. The Minister uh, for Finance, Michael McGrath, said he'll look at this issue if a legislation, uh, a legislative amendment is necessary. In the case of Elizabeth McCauley and Tipperary, who spoke to Charlie Weston in, in the Irish Independent, she believes it is necessary to address her situation. Why the caveat in the Minister's comments? Let me start by saying that all homeowners should have equal access to the financial services and pensions ombudsman. And I know that Minister Michael McGrath has said that it is important that all mortgage holders need to be protected. So what he is doing, the minister is doing now, is engaging with the ombudsman, with the central bank, and also with legal advisors in relation to the interpretation of that legislation to try and identify a way to bridge that gap uh, and make sure okay. that we, what we want to do here is to maintain the highest level of consumer protection. Know, do we have, so a, ti- do we have, do we have a time on. frame on that? Uh, I'd, uh, it's, it's, it's ongoing and I know he is bringing legislation through the doll at the moment and I know he has said that if more okay. changes to our legislation is what's needed, is required, that he will bring that forward. But still if, okay. Oh no, Bryn, what do you, what do you make of the, the if uh, in, in, the, uh, in the Minister's comments? If a legislative amendment is necessary, do you believe it's necessary? Well, first of all, the Financial Services Ombudsman have made it clear by saying that they have no jurisdiction uh, to hear cases such as uh, uh, Ms McCauley's. It shows that legislative amendment is absolutely necessary and is urgent. And in fact, it might not just be 5,000 or 10,000. It might be much, much more than that. Let's not forget it was Fine Gael who brought these vulture funds into our mortgage market when Michael Noonan was the minister. Pascal Donoghue was very, very slow uh, to transfer the same protections that pillar bank mortgage holders have uh, to these funds. We were told when the 2018 legislation was going through that all of the consumer protections uh, that pillar bank mortgage holders have would be provided for uh, by those whose mortgages were sold without their consent at significant discounts to these funds. Now we've seen very, very clearly uh, uh, that there is a loophole. It has to be closed. And let's remember, we're talking about real people, people who have worked so hard to try and uh, repair their mortgages. They have been put under enormous pressure by these funds. And the idea uh, that somebody who's been treated so poorly uh, wouldn't have access to the key uh, consumer protection agency, I think, is a scandal. Uh, And Minister McGrath needs to move and move as a matter of urgency. Briefly, Gino, can you? Yeah, there's obviously a a lacuna in the present legislation. And as Owen said at the end of this kind of sad kind of part of our history in relation to people that are in mortgage distress uh, losing one's home is you know there's nothing worse Um, and obviously this legislation has been kind of put together to be very very complex and I'm sure some of these financial institutions knew actually what they were doing in relation to this lacuna in the, the legislation so it's it's imperative that the minister kind of uh, right. amends this legislation Column, Hitler, yeah. Hitler, Not all of the loans that were sold on were distressed loans there were banks that exited the Irish market and people that these loans were sold on to funds and are now being serviced by uh, intermediary agencies so y- you were saying that the minister says that all people should be treated equally but it seems clear that they're not being treated equally so how soon will we see a rectification of this? 
Yeah, I think it's important to say, and I get, we get, government gets, and I know Minister McGrath absolutely understands the human impact here. And just to say that we have always taken action where we can. In 2015, we regulated the credit servicers. And in 2018, we expanded that definition of credit servicing to include the the loan owners. So we will look at that again. And that's exactly what Minister McGrath is doing at the moment to try and close that loophole. So where issues have arisen, we have moved to address it. And I know that's something that Minister McGrath is actively working on with the central bank, with the ombudsman and with legal advisors. All right. Okay. well, uh, there we have to leave it for today, uh, for today's programme. Sean Marin was our broadcast coordinator. Research was by Fiona Dunn and Mark McGrath was on sound and the programme was produced by our series producer, Regina Henley. Stay tuned for Saturday Sport with Des Cahill and Damien O'Mara.